Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. And we are back with more fun for everybody. Hey. <laughs> I had somebody in the gym come up to me the other day. They were like, oh, I listened to your podcast. Um... I haven't, and it was a guy, and he was like, I haven't really listened to the last couple of weeks, and I was like, it's been about pregnancy, that's understandable. Hey, but the fourth trimester, that's, that's where you about. come in. That's the guy's time to shine. But, yes, we are all talking about UTIs today, urinary tract infections. And if you've ever had one, man... I'm sorry. And this does apply to men and women. Now, women are more likely to get UTIs for a number of reasons, which we'll get into. But men, this applies to you, too. We're talking about UTIs and more importantly, what is not a what UTI? What is not a UTI? Because <laughs> that is, that's a big one we see. So um, with all that being said, let's just dive right in. Let's get into it. Rachel, I saw on your computer the American Urological Association, so I know you've got a definition for us of oh, what a UTI is. If let you'd me like let to share that with the class. Me tell you. So UTIs is a urinary tract infection. So basically, what can happen when any bacteria, usually from the skin or the rectum, gets into the urinary tract. It can affect several parts of the urinary tract. As a whole, the urinary tract includes the kidneys, the ureters, the bladder, and the urethra. The upper tract is the kidneys and the ureters, and the lower urinary tract is the bladder, the urethra, and in men, the prostate. So, um, yeah, a UTI can, that bacteria can get into the urethra through any number of means and pathways, but, um, that infection can, um, it can impact any, any number of the organs that are in our urinary tract. So, um, it's estimated that over 150 million UTIs occur yearly worldwide, accounting for $6 billion in healthcare expenditures. Mm, Isn't that wild? That is wild. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So that's the definition. What are the symptoms? And I want everybody to listen closely because some of these are going to sound familiar to some pelvic floor things. Some of these are not going to sound familiar to some pelvic floor things that we've talked about. That is very important. So the symptoms are <clears throat> a strong, persistent urge to urinate. Hmm, sounds hmm. pelvic floor. Hmm. A burning sensation when urinating. Also sounds kind of pelvic floor-y. Passing frequent small amounts of urine, so not large, just like little little peas. Sounds kind of pelvic floor. Now, urine that appears cloudy. That is not a pelvic floor symptom. That's not a pelvic floor problem. <laughs> urine that appears red, bright, pink, or Coca-Cola colored. Mm. That's a sign of blood in the urine. That is not a pelvic floor dysfunction. Strong smelling urine. Not a pelvic floor dysfunction. Pelvic pain in women, especially in the center of the pelvis and around the area of the pubic bone. Sometimes that is pelvic floor. So, all of this to say, if 
you are having UTI-like symptoms such as frequency, urinary frequency, pelvic pain, burning, um, things like that, but you're not having you're not having like any other symptoms. So your urine looks completely normal, nothing funky there. Make sure they test your urine when you go to the doctor. You get a dipstick. That is the only way to 100% know if you have a UTI. Just based off of symptoms alone, this can be a lot of different things. And even in the American Urology Association, the differential diagnosis is crazy. There are a million other things that, and it literally just based off of, just based off of symptoms, it can also be a, um, bladder outlet obstruction, interstitial cystitis, overactive bladder, vaginal atrophy, um, distal urethral or bladder stones, a foreign body, voiding dysfunction, pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. There are so many different things that can disguise themselves as the burning frequency, urgency, things like that, where an antibiotic isn't necessarily going to fix that which gets into a whole host of other things because if you take an antibiotic and you don't actually need it, it leads to bacterial resistance, which then leads to more medications and it's just a whole... Which is our whole point with this. It's like not only if it's not a UTI, are you not getting treatment for whatever the problem is? So it's most likely going to persist. But if you're taking antibiotics when you don't need antibiotics, it can lead to that antibiotic resistance that Rachel talked about, which can just cause more problems down the road. Also, a lot of times, there's a lot of people who don't respond great to antibiotics. Antibiotics kill all bacteria when you take them, which means it cannot tell the difference between the bacteria causing the UTI and the good healthy bacteria in your gut that's helping you digest your food. And so if you don't have that UTI, you're just taking antibiotics and killing your good bacteria. And it it depends on on the bacteria too, because there are certain antibiotics that can get a little bit more specific, but if you're just taking a general antibiotic, you're addressing, you're kind of killing everything and so that your analysis that dipstick can help you get very very specific we can identify we I'm not there I'm not doing anything (laughs) your urologist or PCP can identify the specific strain the specific species of bacteria and choose an antibiotic that we know that that bacteria is not resistant to that we know works to kill and address that specific bacteria and it should help your symptoms improve um, even faster so this is directly from the american urology association straight off of the website each symptomatic episode of acute cystitis should be evaluated first with a urinalysis and urine culture with sensitivity prior to treating with antibiotics. The combination of clinical findings and urine evaluation is essential for diagnosis of a UTI. Treatment is based on pathogen identification and the type and degree of clinical illness, as well as the presence or absence of predisposing host factors. So, There's a whole host of things that can be addressed. And again, we need to know kind of what that specific 
antibiotic we need is and if it comes back negative now we know okay so it's not a urinary tract infection let's look at what else it could be could it be an overactive bladder type situation could it be a pelvic floor muscle dysfunction or vaginal atrophy or kidney stones or some sort of other obstruction so yes And we wanted to address this because I've had patients come in before who they were like, yeah, I have chronic UTIs, whatever. So whenever I get this burning, my doctor just, I just call my doctor, tell him I have a UTI and they prescribe me an antibiotic. I'm like, well, does that help it get better? Eh, Sometimes a little bit, but then it comes back because it's not a UTI, UTI. It's if I'm seeing them, it's because probably their urologist has figured out they have a pelvic floor overactivity or something of that nature. But that's the whole point is you're like Rachel talked about, not only are you not getting treatment for what's really going on, but then you can have other problems if it's not appropriately addressed. And unfortunately, sometimes you may have to request this of your, depending on where you're going and what they treat, if it's not a urologist and you're like, I think I have UTI, I think I have a UTI, and they're like, great, here's some antibiotics. I would always ask, hey, can we go ahead and culture my urine? Can you go ahead and see what's going on instead of just taking the antibiotic? Well, you probably have to pay extra for it. Yeah. But if you know for sure, you know for sure. Exactly. Peace of mind is worth it, in my opinion. Exactly. Now, if it is a UTI, let's get into that for a second. You do want to treat that. You want to get on an antibiotic. Get, take that antibiotic. Because... <laughs> Like she mentioned, those different parts of the urine, urinary system, if you don't take care of it, it can move to the bladder. From the bladder, it can move up the urethra into the kidney, and then you have a kidney infection and, and things like that. And so you do want to make sure that you are treating it if it is a kidney infection. infection. Um, so some things to look out for, the way it kind of the way these urinary tract infections start is you'll typically get that burning with urination. You might have some abnormal discharge, things like that. That's when you want to go ahead and go to the doctor, get that urine cultured, and then start getting treated. If you don't, then you might start noticing it's moved to the bladder, which is that cystitis that Rachel mentioned when she was reading off of the the urological association page yep there we go um and that might start to feel more like that pelvic pressure that lower abdominal discomfort pain pain with urination and even start to see some blood in the urine and you really need to go get it looked at then if you still haven't gone and got it looked at then it can progress to the kidneys which then you'll start having back side or flank pain so it's kind of like right in the area under the rib cage at that mid back you can get high fever with this shaking chills nausea vomiting and so it can really just spiral out of control so if you do have a uti you absolutely want to get that treated with the antibiotic that your doctor recommends now what does not treat a uti cranberry pills (laughs) and cranberry juice i think we've talked about this before (laughs) that is not treatment no No, there are some properties within cranberries and cranberry juice that have kind of been shown here and there to maybe prevent the growth of certain bacteria, but it's like one strain of one specific bacteria and there's 
15 different strains of bacteria that can cause a UTI. So you're better off just drink lots of water, flush everything out, take your antibiotics as prescribed. That is also super important. Even if if you start to feel better after two days and you still have six antibiotic pills left, you take the rest of those six. That also helps to address and prevent bacteria resistance to antibiotics. Yes. Now, some home remedies you can use in conjunction with your antibiotic. And I know you're going to be shocked to hear this advice from us at PSA, but the number one thing you can do at home to help is drink plenty of water. It is going to help dilute your urine. It's going to help start flushing out that bacteria. So you want to drink, drink, drink your water. It will make you pee more. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel like your frequency may even be a little bit higher. But that frequency, like Callie said, will help to start to flush everything out. We want to flush everything out. We want to clear that urinary tract as best as we can and get as much out of it as we can. Flush it out, flush it out, flush it out. Now my next piece of advice, which is going to shock everyone who listens regularly. Avoid drinks that might irritate the bladder. You mean I shouldn't be drinking my Monster if I have a UTI? Probably not. Your bladder, when you have a UTI, especially if it's gone into that cystitis phase, it's it's mad enough. We don't want to irritate it anymore. Make so, your bladder happy. Yeah. We're just trying to appease it. We're like, don't poke the bladder bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to appease that thing. It is upset enough. Yes. Leave her be. And then sometimes just using a nice warm heating pad to your lower abdomen can help minimize some of that pressure and discomfort. So... That is our, or that's my UTI advice anyway. And those can be super uncomfortable and miserable. So you do want to get those taken care of as quickly as possible. The only other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about real quick is recurrent UTIs. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of patients that come in and they're like, I have UTIs all the time, all the time. And so a recurrent UTI is defined by the American Urological Association as two or more infections in a six-month period or greater than three culture-proven infections in 12 months. So this is just kind of that, you know, recurrent infection or failure to eradicate that pathogen. And so it can lead to a whole host of other of other problems. It can be very, very aggravating, not only to the bladder and the pelvic floor muscles, but very disruptive in your day-to-day life and really impact your quality of life as well. Um, so with that, again, depending on what that source is, there are some patients where it's an indwelling catheter that is causing that ref- that frequent infection. How are we cleaning the catheter? Are we changing the catheter? Why are we using that catheter? Can we maybe stop using that catheter? Um, what is our hygiene like? Are we wiping properly? For ladies, this is front to back. You know, are you voiding properly? Things like that, proper hygiene, all of those things can really make a difference in addressing that recurrent and recurrent recurrent infection are you avoiding completely yeah is another are you one. stopping your stream stop doing kegels on the toilet i swear if i have <clears throat> one more patient that comes in and tell me they're doing kegels on the toilet and stopping and starting their stream i'm gonna lose it. stop it she's coming for you i'm gonna come find you 
I'm just going to show up in your bathroom one day while you're sitting on the toilet and yell at you. Another, back to that kind of recurrent UTIs, um, in our elderly folks, if say you're, if you are elderly and you listen and you notice either your spouse or yourself, you're just, you're really foggy mentally, or if you notice your parent or grandparent has just been really foggy, not themselves. It's like personality changes. Yeah. Almost like they got dementia overnight. A lot of times in the elderly, when they have a UTI, they'll get a little bit of mental disorientation with that just you just due to the infection if their body fights the infection that's some of the clear signs and so that can be huge preventing these getting these under control in the elderly can be super super huge but also just something else to watch out for uh last thing like i said women are a little bit more likely to get utis than men are and this is because our urethra is like i don't know a centimeter long so um because that urethra is shorter it's closer to the rectum there are it's closer to the vaginal opening we got a, another hole down there that men do not have so there's more things <laughs> that can get into the urethra it's also shorter than the male urethra so since the male urethra is much longer they men have a little bit longer time to kind of try to fight off that infection before it actually gets into the bladder so they can expel that uh that bacteria a little bit quicker and easier than women can so the female urethra is three to four centimeters long about an inch and a half well, longer than I thought it was. <laughs> the male urethra is 20 centimeters or seven to eight inches long. There you go. So that that's why. Yep. And the front, let's, let's talk about, we've talked about wiping front to back. Let's talk about that again, just in case you didn't listen to our earlier episodes and you saw, oh, hey, UTIs, this is the episode for me. Why? Why do we need to wipe front to back? Okay, well, let's think about anatomy here. We've got the urethra on top then we have the vaginal opening then we have the anal opening when we wipe front to back we are wiping that urethra first with the cleanest part of the towel and then we were or the the towel (laughs) the toilet paper and then we are going past the vagina past the anal opening if we start with the anal opening we are dragging that fecal matter up through the vagina, up the urethra, and just exposing those things to a whole host of problems, putting you at risk for UTI, yeast infection. You just, you don't want fecal matter anywhere. Anywhere near your urethra. Or your, yeah. Even if you know where your anatomy is, if you know that you are starting, you know, in front of that perineal body, if you know you're starting near more near that vaginal opening than the rectum it does not matter because you can still pick up that fecal matter and that bacteria microscopic bacteria that you don't even know is there when you wipe back to front this also goes for you parents changing diapers especially changing the diapers of your little girls for the exact same reason especially if they're potty training if they're potty training, if you're doing the wiping with the wet wipe, make sure they know how to clean themselves properly. When you're cleaning, make sure you're cleaning them properly because your little ones can get these UTIs too. So That was one of the things that kept coming up every time I was Googling 
even on Google Scholar and PubMed and everything, you know, UTIs, urinary tract infections, pediatric UTIs kept coming up and coming up and coming up. So they are common in kiddos, especially kiddos that are potty training. So make sure they know proper hygiene, make sure that they know how to wipe properly and when to go. And like we talked about last time, make sure they're responding to that second urge, not going just in case, everything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to talk about fake UTIs? I want to talk about fake UTIs. I see a lot of fake UTIs. I, this is to, to this day, one of my favorite patients. This person worked in the medical field and they came in here and they were basically like, I don't even know why I'm here. I just have frequent UTIs and they had me come here. And I was like, okay, are you getting your cult, your urine cultured? No, I work in the medical field. I know what a UTI feels like. I mean, this patient did not like me when we started. And by the end of it, so we did the exam. And if you guys will go back to your um, anatomy episode, the urogenital triangle, that UGT, that triangle of muscle, we had a pretty severe overactivity in those muscles, which can cause burning. For whatever reason, when the muscles in that first layer are tight, they can really cause that burning, that UTI-like burning. We also had some overactivity in some of the other muscles that, you know, prevent complete emptying, make urination difficult, which we weren't fully emptying because those muscles were staying tight, so it was kind of stop, start, stop, start. We calmed down overactivity, we treated the muscles, and lo and behold, stopped having UTI-like sensations, completely improved quality of life, and this patient was my best friend by the end of it. I mean, it was awesome just to go from, I know what's going on, this is not my problem, to now we're best friends, this is the greatest thing ever, and it was just just so fun because you don't have to, if it's not a UTI, chronic UTI, this is actually a, it's actually better to have a pelvic floor dysfunction, in my opinion, than chronic UTIs, because we can fix that. That's a habit we can train. We can fix the muscle imbalances, whatever. Um, And then you don't have chronic UTI feelings or burning or frequency or urgency. And it's just a good time. So this case study, this is a case description. It was the management of a 50-year-old woman referred to PT for urinary incontinence, UTIs, urinary urgency, frequency, and pelvic pain. And this was published in Women's Health Physical Therapy, the Journal of Women's Health Physical Therapy. And after six PT sessions over a six-week period, the patient reported decreased urinary symptoms and resolution of urinary incontinence. Urinary impact questionnaire improved by 18% and quality of life improved. The patient reported no recurrence of UTIs at three months post-discharge. So this is a patient that was having recurrent urinary tract infections, 10-year history of UTIs, and three months, nothing after after six, six sections. That's it. Yeah those muscles and I know this is what the podcast is about so we we harp on this all the time but those muscles affect so much down there urinary function bowel function sexual function all of that it's all 
those muscles just have such such a big role in yeah. all of that. And, and even if it's not an overactivity of those muscles that's necessarily disguising themselves as a UTI, that's not causing that, you know, burning and difficulty and frequency and urgency, it can if those muscles are still dysfunctional, they can cause that urinary retention, which then then cause an actual UTI. So even if you are having, you know, recurrent UTIs that are coming back positive, you know, yes, there is bacteria in the culture and everything like that. You you can still come see us and we can talk about proper voiding habits. We can assess that muscle function, make sure those muscles are resting properly to allow that full void. Talk about your voiding habits, your dietary habits, bladder irritants, everything like that, that we've kind of talked about on here before, but all of those things can, and like Callie said, I mean, they all play a role and they just feed and feed and feed off of each other. And it can just create this spiral. And sometimes if you can eliminate one of the factors like that muscle health, improving that, it can help you get out of the spiral. Now, my patient I talked about, she was not having actual UTIs. It was creating UTI-like symptoms, which goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. You want to get that urine culture to figure out what is going on. But just talk to your urologist if you have either the symptoms or you do have the recurring UTIs and come up with a plan. Ask your urologist, okay, what is your plan of care here? What are you thinking? If this fails, where are we going from there? Most of the time, they'll be happy to kind of discuss that with you and ask them, what about pelvic floor physical therapy? I've heard about this. Would this be useful in my case? And they'll tell you either yes, because, or no, because we can do this. So just have have these conversations with your doctor. We're trying to give you, again, the whole point of this episode is give you the tools to go in there and know what your options are. Um, The only, or another thing I kind of wanted to get into a little bit is menopausal and postmenopausal women are really more at risk for UTIs. We see more UTIs in this age group. And that is because estrogen, that hormone we've talked about, it helps with kind of some good naturally occurring bacteria, some promotes the growth and fosters the environment for that lactobacilli bacteria within the um, vagina to thrive. And that kind of helps get the pH in the vagina where everything needs to be. It can control infection bacteria. It can help reduce that, keep everything healthy, safe, all of that. However, when we start to go through menopause or we're postmenopausal and we're not doing any kind of hormone therapy or we're not responding to hormone therapy and we have a drop in that estrogen, we don't have the promotion of the growth of this good bacteria as good as we used to. So that means we can get bacteria multiplying, increasing in that vaginal area, and then that's just two steps away from being in the urethra and causing UTIs in our menopausal, postmenopausal women. So that's something to keep in mind too. If you're of that age and you've been through menopause and you're like, why do I keep getting UTIs? What's going on here? Take a look at your hormone levels, your estrogen levels, have a conversation with your doctor, have them do some blood work. A lot of doctors or our doctors in Amarillo are really good about catching this. We're really good about noticing, hey, yeah, let's see what's going on. Let's take a look. Let's get you on something that might help with this. So that can be another cause too if you're kind of in that age range. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, and that's 
pretty much all I had. That's all I got. Just be aware if you are having chronic UTI-like feelings, but your urine is normal, you're not getting that cultured, start asking more questions. Start doing a little more digging. Don't just te- that. That's my biggest takeaway. Don't keep taking azo and antibiotics over and over and over again with no results. Let's dig a little deeper into this. Yeah. If it's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So if you're having these symptoms, if you're having these problems, you do not have to suffer for months or years. Like Kelly said, start digging a little bit deeper. Let's find something else. And even if even if you want to come in here and just kind of chat with us and be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. We can address the physical side of things and then we can help you troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. We can help you t- try to problem solve. Even if we don't, even if you don't walk out of here with the exact definitive answer, We'll try, we will do everything we can to help you find it. Exactly. Exactly. Because I had UTI symptoms for like three days one time. And it was the most miserable three days of my life. And I have never had a UTI. I'm knocking on wood right now. God bless. And I never want to experience one. I, I still don't know if mine was a true UTI. It was... <laughs> It was post honeymoon, so I don't know <laughs> what was going on. I did have some blood in my urine, so could have been a UTI, dear. It <laughs> it was miserable though. I had the burning, I had the pain. I'm pretty sure it was a UTI. Um, it was absolutely awful. And then my patients come in here and they're like, "Yeah, I get a UTI once every month or whatever," and I'm like, "How do you live? I am so sorry." <laughs> what can I do for you? How do we fix this? I'm so sympathetic. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm so sympathetic to that now. I mean, I'm sympathetic to all my patients, but man, so don't live like that. <laughs> all that to say, do not live like that. Um, do you have a patient one? I do. Um, I have a patient who was, she is just in her first trimester. She is maybe 11 weeks pregnant and she was having just some SI joint pain, pubic symphysis pain, was super uncomfortable. Belly band helped a little bit and she was wearing it a little bit higher than what I would have liked, but she came in literally just for her eval, just did a little bit of manual work, just kind of some, had pretty significant sacral rotation and just kind of worked on that just a little bit of pressure and she was like Jeff feels amazing and so she walked out of there she was like I'm not in any pain anymore I feel so comfortable we adjusted her belly band got that a little bit lower and she was like I literally feel like a new person so that was very exciting I knew your patient one would be a pregnant person of course it is my baby fever is raging Um, raging okay my patient win is this patient has just done phenomenal with therapy. Um, but came in with all of like the stress incontinence, urgency, frequency, all the things. Um, and pretty much everything is cleared up. And kind of one of my last little tests as we start to really wrap up therapy is get them on the trampoline. And she bounced on the trampoline. Had the time of her life, by the way. <laughs> Biggest. And this, this woman used to have incontinence with walking. Okay. Okay. This 
three minutes on the trampoline and for like the last 30 seconds I she just bounced as hard as she could with joy that's amazing. in her heart it was so <laughs> awesome and not a problem nothing not I love a it. problem and you could just see like that I I it was just one of those moments we all have moments or I have moments I'm sure you do too it's like this is why I do this yes and it was just one yep. of those moments just the look on her face and it was just like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> this is why we do this. So, Aw, that's awesome. It just, it's just stuff like that. We, we truly love helping you guys. And whether it's helping you because you heard the podcast and you just had a little bit of something going on and now you're creating good habits. But, like, this is my hobby. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> this I'm is like, what how I like do I do? wake up every day and get to do this? It's so great. I just I love that we have the opportunity to do what mm-hmm. we get to do. Thank you guys who listen and who come in and give us the privilege to treat you, because um, we couldn't do it without people that Could not come to see you. it, come to see us. So if you listen and you let us treat you, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, thank you to all who listen. Do you have a PSA? Um, stop drinking cranberry juice. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna come find you. <laughs> You're just burning holes in your bladder ready (laughs) just kidding all right guys thank you for listening um follow us on instagram at pelvic service announcement you can also follow our personals at rachel k fritz at cali.teal two e's no a um and if you have questions or you guys want to hear anything specifically we please let us know we have a million things we want to talk about but we want to talk about what you want to hear so if there's something that you're just like hey you guys haven't addressed this can you talk about this write in and we'll try to answer it a little bit maybe turn it into a whole episode so absolutely this is for you guys so you let us know what you want thanks for listening and we will see you next week bye